0: How about we pray and ask God for his help? Heavenly Father, we give thanks that we can meet together today. I pray that by your spirit that you'll help each of us to have an open ear, an open heart, to hear and understand your message today. We pray for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, when Gnush came to faith in Christ, an uncontrollable joy came upon him, and he simply couldn't keep his faith to himself. He began sharing the gospel with people in his village. His friends and neighbours. Ganesh's predominantly Hindu friends, however, didn't take to his faith or boldness in the gospel very well. So much so that they threatened to hurt him if he kept going on about Jesus. However, this didn't stop Ganesh from sharing the love of Jesus with the villagers. Two months ago, Ganesh was sharing the gospel with some villagers along with a leader at his local church. The morning went well, but by afternoon, Ganesh found himself surrounded by a bunch of Hindu villages. The mob began attacking him, hitting him with sticks from every side, throwing punches and kicks into him. Ganesh suffered injuries all over him, his limbs and his face and had to be rushed to emergency care. And he struggled to speak after the incident. And now he lives in a state of fear and panic due to the threat of impending persecution. Ganesh's story is just one of countless stories of Christians persecuted for their faith. And whenever we hear a story like this, it's natural for us to wonder, where's God in it all? Doesn't he see? Doesn't he care? Well, as we come to Psalm 94, we see the answer. Now, the fact is, we don't know who wrote this psalm. But what we do know is the author is certain that God will avenge his people and justice will return. And so... In the opening words in Psalm 94, the psalmist addresses God as the God of vengeance, the God who, who will avenge, the God who, who will bring his righteous judgment on those who oppose him and harm his people. He is, after all, the supreme judge and ruler of all. He is the righteous one who opposes the wicked. And so the psalmist Calls on God to come now and to install His sovereign justice as judge and ruler of the world and to pay back His enemies as they deserve. Read with me from Psalm 94 and verse 1. Psalm 94 and verse 1. The Lord is the God who avenges. O God who avenges, shine forth. Rise up, judge of the earth. Pay back to the proud what they deserve. The psalmist knows that God is the supreme judge of all. He knows that God is the God who avenges people. But there's a problem. The wicked aren't being punished. Instead, they're prospering. They're happy and arrogantly carrying on without a care in the world. In fact, the psalmist says they even boast in their evil ways. And they're so sure of their power that they flaunt it by taking advantage of the weak and the vulnerable, the widower, the foreigner, the fatherless, even killing them on their way. These are evil brutes who think they're answerable to no one, not even God, who they assume doesn't even see their deeds. And so, in despair, the psalmist cries out to God, how long, Lord, how long will the wicked get away with it all? Read with me from verse 3. How long, Lord, will the wicked? How long will the wicked be jubilant? They pour out arrogant words. All the evildoers are full of boasting. They crush your people, Lord. They oppress your inheritance. They slay the widow and the foreigner. They murder the fatherless. They say, "The Lord does not see the God of Jacob takes no notice." However, while these oppressors may think that they'll get away with their wicked schemes, or they may think that God doesn't see them. The summer says they're a bunch of fools. And he asks them some questions which show this to be true. He asks them, Do you really think that the one who made you, including your ears and your eyes, can't see you? Do, do you really think that the one who punishes the nations for their evil won't also punish you do you really think the all-wise god can't see right through you no it's it's a bit like versing a a grandmaster chess player you might reckon your ability to think two or three moves ahead is impressive but the grandmaster thinks 15 to 20 moves ahead in the same way the wicked may think they're pulling a winning move but it's futile the grandmaster god Has it figured out already? He's already determined the winning strategy. And so these oppressors might feel mighty, they might feel impressive, but the psalmist says they're fools. Read with me from verse 8. Take notice, you senseless ones among the people, you fools, when will you become wise? Does he who fashioned the ear not hear? Does he who formed the eye not see? Does he who disciplines the nations not punish? Does he who teaches mankind lack knowledge? The Lord knows all human plans. He knows that they are futile. Now it's clear, if these people think God's going to let them get away with their wickedness, then they're fooling themselves. But if God's eyes on the wicked, it's also on his faithful people too, where God will punish the evildoers he disciplines his people. That is, he instructs and teaches them. A couple of years ago, I had the privilege of meeting my wife's grandma while I was dating her. And one of her jobs was to discipline my wife, Janie, when she was growing up. After such discipline, she would remind my wife that strangers won't usually point out something wrong with you. Even friends won't, because they're afraid of losing your friendship. That is, it's only those who truly love you, who care enough for you, that will correct you. In the same way, the Psalms are saying you are blessed if God instructs you because He cares for you. He cares about how you live your life. And in the end, God's instruction provides relief. Those who faithfully obey God can have peace knowing that God is on their side, that even while they may go through times of trouble, which of course is what the psalmist is experiencing, God won't forsake his people. He won't forget them. And one day justice will come when the wicked will be dispensed of once and for all and so never troubling God's people again. Read with me from verse 12. Blessed is the one you discipline, Lord, the one you teach from your law. You grant them relief from days of trouble till a pit is dug for the wicked for the Lord will not reject his people he will never forsake his inheritance judgment will again be founded on righteousness and all the upright in heart will follow it so while the wicked can be confident that God will judge them the righteous can be confident that God will act on their behalf in fact The psalmist can bear personal testimony of this, having already experienced this in his own life, that God was there to protect him against the wicked, there to help him in times of trouble. The psalmist remembers a time when he felt as if his foot was slipping away, that is, he was in great danger of an account of evildoers. And so, not surprisingly, he was full of anxiety and worry. But he recalls, that it was god who supported him it was god who brought him joy god was his solid support who had not failed to help him during that terrible time read with me from verse 16 who will rise up for me against the wicked who will take a stand for me against evil doers unless the lord had given me help i would have soon have dwelt in the silence of death when i said my foot is slipping Your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. So God helped the psalmist when evil people came against him. But he knows what's true for him is true for all God's people. And so the psalmist finishes his song by affirming that God will indeed justly avenge his people. And though the wicked may band together, while they might violently oppress the righteous, the psalmist is confidently affirms that God is his rock. God is his fortress in whom he finds safety. And he knows that God is stronger than all his enemies. And so there's no doubt about it. God will destroy the wicked, giving them exactly what they deserve. Read with me from verse 20. Can a corrupt throne be allied with you? A throne that brings on misery by its decrees. The wicked band together against the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my fortress and my God, the rock in whom I take refuge. He will repay them for their sins and destroy them for their wickedness. The Lord, our God, will destroy them. And so the psalm ends with assurance that God will avenge his people. He'll be their fortress and destroy those who seek to destroy him. All right, can you see what's here in Psalm 94? The psalmist calls out to God to come and pay back wicked evildoers who are hurting God's people. He says if those people think they're going to get away with it, they're fools. After all, God sees all, God knows all. And he assures God's people that those who obey God are blessed and that he won't abandon his people. In fact, the psalmist has experienced that in his own life. But what's true for him is true for all God's people. God will avenge his people and destroy his enemies forever. And so as we respond to Psalm 94 today, let's have a think about how this passage applies to our own life. What we clearly see in Psalm 94 is that God is a God of justice. And so the first thing to say is this, God will judge the wicked. I mean, the psalmist was absolutely confident of this wasn't he, and so can we. I mean, and this side of the cross, we see this even more clearly, don't we? We know that Jesus is the one who God has given all authority to, the one who, who will bring about God's final and complete judgment, the one who all people will stand before. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And so, friend, if you're here today and you're not currently trusting in Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, friend, hear the message. There will be a day when Jesus will return and bring about God's final judgment. There'll be a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So the question is, will you be okay when you stand before Jesus? Will he condemn you or will he pardon you because you've sided with him? The Bible is clear. We're all wicked. We've all willfully ignored God. We've all hurt people in our lives taking advantage of them, use them to get our own way. We all deserve death and punishment. But Jesus is different. He never took advantage of others. No, he loved everyone, especially the weak and the vulnerable. Yet on the cross, Jesus bore the righteous judgment of God we deserve. And so, friends, the invitation is there. Do you want to bear God's judgment for yourself? Or do you want Jesus to bear that judgment for you and pay the death penalty on your behalf? Friends, God's justice is real, and Jesus is the only one who can save you. So please put your trust in Him today. That's the first point. God's justice is real, so put your trust in Jesus and be saved. Secondly, if we're already here today and we're already trusting in Jesus, then let's think about how we should respond to wickedness. What do you reckon? Having already looked at Psalm 94 this morning, do you reckon we should be praying to God to to smite down our enemies and bring an end to our misery? You know, that annoying neighbour who wakes us up in the morning? Or on a more serious note, that friend or family member who hurt you or betrayed you or broke your heart? Or should you take matters into your own hands and get vengeance and retaliate like the plot of so many movies these days? Well, let's consider how Jesus responded to his enemies. I think 1 Peter 2 is a great passage as we respond and think about wickedness. This is where Peter, the Apostle, calls on Christians to respond to suffering like Jesus did, who was insulted, beaten and hurt, although he did nothing wrong. Yet how did Jesus respond? Well, the Apostle Peter tells us, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. How did the all-powerful Jesus respond to the most unjust suffering now? entrusted himself to god knowing he will judge and avenge just like the psalmist and it's in jesus footsteps we're now called to walk in and maybe you're experiencing suffering now and so friend if you're facing unjust suffering in your life then the application is this instead of retaliating entrust yourself to god who judges justly you can be absolutely certain of that Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't seek justice now. The authorities that God has placed over us, whether that's the police or the court system, he's placed us there to help us now. And so, of course, you can seek justice now. What we don't want to do, however, is to make ourselves the judge, jury and executioner. And we need to keep in mind that these earthly authorities aren't perfect and you may not get justice in your lifetime. However, the encouragement from this psalm is that God sees your suffering. He sees your injustice you've experienced. He knows it all. And he will bring his perfect justice, even if you don't get it now. It reminds me of a story I heard the other day, with which I'll finish. It's the story of a 26-year-old, Fatma al Matari, a Saudi Arabian woman who decided to share her newfound faith in Jesus with her Muslim family. Fatma's brother was a Muslim cleric and a member of Saudi Arabia's Commission of Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice. And he didn't take to the news very well. Locking Fatma in her room, he then set about searching for her possessions, for for evidence to use against her. Fatma knew that sharing her faith would likely mean the death penalty. And so while locked in her room with what she might she knew that would be her final hours on earth fatma used a laptop to pen a letter she wrote may the lord jesus guide you o muslims and enlighten your hearts that you might love others your threats do not trouble me and we are not afraid by god i am unto death a christian fatma poured out her thoughts she expressed sorrow at the cruel treatment of Saudi Christians and appealed to her fellow Muslims to embrace Christ. And when she finished the letter, she penned it onto a public internet forum for the world to see. Later that day, Fatma's brother returned and Fatma al Matari suffered a most unjust death. And yet her last words show a woman full of hope, not despair, and love not hatred, how could this be? Well, because like the psalmist, she knew that the Lord is her fortress and the rock in whom she takes refuge. He will repaid them for their sins and destroyed them for their wickedness. She, she knew that on her last day, God would raise her up to life and commend her for persevering in her faith in the face of suffering and even death. And while those who killed her may never be punished in this life, she knew that God would ultimately bring about his perfect justice. And so, as Fatman trusted itself to him, we should too. Friends, God's justice is real. You can be absolutely sure of that. So let's put our faith in Jesus. Let's put our trust in Jesus, who alone can save us from the coming judgment. let's respond to any unjust suffering we face now by confidently waiting on him let's pray heavenly father we thank you that you're a god of justice thank you father that one day you'll make all things right thank you father that you're also a god of mercy and we thank you for your mercy shown to us in jesus father i pray for each of us as we leave today that we will know in our minds and hearts that you will not forsake your people, that your final and complete judgment will return when Jesus returns, and Jesus alone can save us from the coming judgment. I pray, Father, as we respond to any unjust suffering that we might face in our lives, whether that's now or in the future, you'll please help us by your Spirit to entrust ourselves to you who judges justly. And we pray for all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.